All right, welcome back to our study in systematic theology. We are on number 33, 33 of 60, so we're cruising right along. It's hard to believe how long it's been since we started, but uh, we're in this middle section here uh, on the Holy Spirit. This is uh, section three of, it looks like, uh, six sessions we'll be doing on the um, Holy Spirit. Today we're looking at the Spirit's help or the paraclete. Uh, next time we'll be looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then further on, gifts and fruit. Um, but we're going to follow kind of our usual format. I'm going to uh, introduce this topic with an article, corresponding article, and then we'll uh, pause, watch our video, and then come back for our overview and discussions and do a little bit of scripture reading. Um, again, we're going to say the uh, confession part of it till we get through this section on uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, rather than repeating it every time. So when we get to the sixth session of the Holy Spirit, we'll look at our, our confession and what it has to say. All right, let's look at our article. Applying the redemption purchased by Christ to us is the work of the Holy Spirit, but this application is multifaceted. We have seen that he is the agent of regeneration, changing our hearts in the new birth so that we might believe in Jesus, reference John 3. He also convicts the world concerning sin and righteousness, revealing the darkness of our hearts and pointing us to the surety of forgiveness in Christ. The Spirit illumines the Word of God to bring us to faith and to encourage our growth to Christian maturity. See 1 Corinthians 2. And He is the agent of satisfaction, conforming us more and more to the image of our Savior over the course of our lives. 1 Peter 1. God uses trials to sanctify us, James 1, and today's passage gives us insight as to how he does so. John 14 through 17, and we'll be reading a, a small part of that later, records the final teaching Jesus gave to his disciples just before his crucifixion. During his upper room discourse, our Savior reminded them that they would face hatred and persecution from the world because of their faithfulness to him. However, the disciples would not be left defenseless at such times, for the Lord promised to send the Helper, the Spirit of Truth, from the Father to be with them and bear witness about Him. When faced with the man to surrender or compromise the faith, the Holy Spirit is with us to strengthen us in the truth, to present a compelling witness to the truth of the gospel in our hearts and minds, and to enable us to stand firm in the faith. The Spirit sanctifies us in our trials by confirming us in the knowledge of His truth and giving us what we need to present it to others. Such assistance is confirmed in the title Paraclete, which is given to the Holy Spirit. In today's passage, it is translated as, quote-unquote, helper. Older translations render it, quote, comforter. To be more precise, the Holy Spirit is another helper or another comforter. Uh, see John 14. The first comforter is Jesus himself. He is the first paraclete, as that is the word translated as advocate in 1 John, 1 John 2. In the first century, a paraclete was like a modern-day attorney, one who would come alongside people to help them in times of trouble. Jesus is our advocate, or paraclete, before the Father, who pleads the case of our righteousness in him, secured by his blood. The Holy Spirit is our advocate, comforter, or paraclete before the world, 
who comes alongside us to give us strength and courage when we must stand for Jesus amid hostility and persecution. And a final note on our, our study here. So it says, Today we speak of a comforter as one who comes to wipe our tears away and console us. While the Spirit does perform this work, that is not what we mean when we call him our comforter. Uh, <clears throat> note that the Latin roots of the term comforter, cum and forte, mean with strength, which accords well with the meaning of paraclete in Greek. The Holy Spirit is no mere shoulder for us to cry on, but the sustainer of our faith and courage in the darkest of times. All right, so let's pause, watch our video, and then hopefully we'll get into some good discussion uh, after we do our overview. All right, we've just finished our video. Let's, uh, let's go through our overview here, and then let's get into some uh, discussion afterwards. So session 33, uh, the paraclete. By way of introduction, the Holy Spirit plays a vital role in the life of the church and in the lives of believers. He is the helper whom Christ promised to send, the paraclete. In this lesson, we explore the importance of the Spirit's role as the promised comforter whom God sent to be with his people in the midst of a hostile world. Sorry for the typo there. Overview. Jesus discusses hatred in John 15. So um, before we continue... Let's read uh, John 15, starting in verse 18 through the end of the chapter. It's not terribly long. Uh, Arthur, can you read that for us? And it says, If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me, hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no, none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me, and you also shall bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Thank you. So, um, <clears throat> Jesus discusses hatred here. It may be surprising, but this is a discussion of the world's hatred of him. If the world hates me, the world will hate you. I will send you a comforter. Who is the paraclete? It is not exactly correct to say that the paraclete is the only paraclete as Jesus was the first. The idea of the paraclete has been associated with comfort. Nietzsche assaulted the idea of a living God, let alone a God who is with us as a comforter. The nature of the Holy Spirit's comfort and our idea of a comforter can be quite different. Paraclete means to call someone alongside. 
In Greek culture, this referred to a family attorney who was kept on retainer. Older translations may use another good translation, the word advocate. If we follow the term comfort back in its history, we discover that it is a good translation also. It developed from two words that meant with and strength. This takes us further away from viewing the Holy Spirit as a simple caregiver. We are conquerors, developed and strengthened by the Holy Spirit through the application of truth. We learn more about the Holy Spirit in the Upper Room Discourse than in any other section of the Bible. So let's look at our questions. Is the Holy Spirit the only paraclete mentioned in Scripture? No. Jesus tells his disciples he will send another paraclete. Christ is also a paraclete, or advocate, before the Father. What is the original meaning of the word comforter? With strength. The primary work of the Holy Spirit is to come to strengthen God's people to be courageous in the midst of fearful tribulation. What is the example of a paraclete from ancient Greek culture? The family lawyer. He would be an advocate for the accused against accusations. What does the upper room discourse tell us more about than does the rest of the New Testament combined? The Holy Spirit. Here Jesus gives us insight into the person and work of the Holy Spirit. What 19th century philosopher despised the idea of meekness? Frederick Nietzsche. He abhorred what he considered the ethic of weakness in Christianity and its emphasis on humility, patience, and kindness, and called for an ethic of strength and machismo. What was the final teaching session Jesus had with his disciples before the crucifixion? The Upper Room Discourse. It instructs us about the character of the Holy Spirit and his mission. All right, so some uh, discussion questions. What do we mean by the term paraclete? Advocate, okay. Defender, yeah. The world alongside. Yeah, alongside. So, um, let me ask this. Would you say there's any concern or danger in kind of the modern conception that the Holy Spirit is a comforter in the sense of just a, a counselor, uh, you know, a consoler, I should say? Yeah, I like the, the point that Dr. Cole made where he said if you view him like that, then you're expecting Right. Yeah. So he's he's not not there just to wipe our tears away, right? He's there to to give us courage and strength, and um, at least in the case of of Pentecost, to give actual words to say, right? So. Okay. Who was the first Paraclete? Jesus. Jesus. Yes. And and so to that end. How was he a paraclete? How is he a paraclete? 
advocate. Yeah, advocate. Absolutely. Yeah. Advocate, defense attorney, right? Yeah, representative. <laughs> yeah, representative, yes, definitely. So we can see that, that that role is very similar between Christ and, and the Holy Spirit. Instead of thinking of it as Christ is, is our defender, and the Holy Spirit is our, 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 just our counselor, you know, because those are kind of different roles, right? I mean, they're similar, but they're different. Um, that it's way more overlaps than just that, right? Because we get strength through Christ, we get strength through the Holy Spirit. Um, they they both defend us uh, in different ways, you know, defense before the Father, defense before a hostile, unbelieving world, but they're both defending us. So, similar function. Okay, what passage of the New Testament gives us the greatest amount of insight into the work of the Holy Spirit? Yep, the upper room discourse. So, um, did anything? We read that passage. Arthur read that passage for us. And John, does anything like strike you from that passage? Um, especially, I know it's sometimes hard to go back, but try to think like maybe the first time you read that. Did anything kind of strike you as unusual about what Christ was saying there? That you will be hated. You know, often when we, many people think of Christianity and New Testament specifically, they think of, you know, ideas like love and forgiveness and grace and mercy. So does it maybe surprise a, a new believer or, a, you know, a curious person to read their Bible and come across this passage talking about hatred? To the, you know, when, like we say, we mostly hear about the love and the joy you receive you right. know, when, you, when you accept Christ and all that stuff. And, mm -hmm. and here is something totally on the other side. <laughs> right. Oh, by the way, you're going to be hated too. Yeah. Or <laughs> 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 persecuted. Yep. Yeah, and I think a lot of Christians actually are scared to even think about practicing apologetics, you know, because they're so scared of saying something wrong or, or just not having the answer or making a fool of themselves, you know. 
but th- I think this is a similar case. We have to trust that um, that the Holy Spirit will strengthen us in, in those situations. But uh, we should be prepared to give a defense of our faith. Um, but not only should we be prepared to do it, we have to have the strength and courage to actually go through with it and do it, right? Defend our faith. Not just be prepared, but do it. Um, That kind of, I don't know, I think of that as like Roman Catholic thinking, you know, you go to your confession once a week and you're good and you just go on about your week, do what you want to do, because there's always confession next week, right? So, <laughs> um, but no, I, I hear what you're saying, cause, and I, I think that probably goes back to a lot of us under underestimate um, our depravity, our total depravity, right? And... We try to rely on our own strength and our own abilities instead of realizing that at least when it comes to, you know, persecution, in and of myself, I don't have any strength. I'm going to fold like a deck of cards if I don't have the Holy Spirit. So we um, have to remind ourselves often that where our strength comes from. So. All right, well, I think this is a good... Good review, good session. Um, Any further thoughts or comments or questions on what we looked at? Yeah, I never thought about that. You know, you, you'll hear him say, you know, the f- full of the Holy Ghost or whatever, right? I'm thinking, well, 
aren't all believers at all times? I mean, why do they think just on certain times the Holy Ghost shows up and makes them dance around or whatever? So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, that, but that is interesting. Yeah, I mean, we we do live in a culture, even in certain Christian circles, that have very big misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. All right. Well, <clears throat> I think this was fruitful. Um, Arthur, do you mind closing us in prayer? Bringing us together to, to get deeper into your word and different insight and education and, and uh, everything that you've uh, given to us, Lord. Um, I thank you, God, for this uh, comfort and the advocacy, both of them, that you've provided for us, Lord, in our lives, especially in our times of need. We uh, thank you for that so much. And as we travel home tonight, Lord, uh, look over us, get us home safely. And uh, help us to uh, to dwell on these things that we've learned, to, to constantly go deeper and think of these, uh, think of your word, Lord, that you've provided for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.